welcome to No Wall Scroll. It's Trevor, um, and I am here not with Piss this time. It's not only uh, not it's not only a guest. It is a guest host uh, in lieu of our our uh, dear typical co-host who is taking a brief break uh, due to scheduling uh, reasons and things like that of that nature. Uh, but in the meantime, we have a lovely uh, co-host who you've seen before on the spot, but uh, always happy to see again. It is it is uh, Emily. Emily, hello. Hi, hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, and I'm doing even better because I just watched um, a couple episodes of uh, one of my new favorite animes, uh, uh, the... Okay, yeah, well, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say this. I'm gonna actually ask you this question in a second. But uh, a woman called Fujiko Mine, uh, which is, um, and I will ask you it now. Some season of Lupin is that? Does Lupin have seasons? Is that? Something? I, I don't know if I would say Lupin technically has seasons. I I I would qualify them more as productions. I the the colloquialism for them is is more like parts, kind of like in a JoJo kind of way. Um, but mm, okay. that's that's not specifically like a thing i guess you could say like that's not real that's more of like a a a fan connotation thing okay see yes that's what i thought and the fact that like i I was just like i was looking at it and i was like yeah that doesn't it doesn't seem real but annie list is telling me there are seasons of lupon um i mean that part is technically true but i mean like they're most of them are different productions we had, we had joy, we had fun, we had seasons of Lupin. Um, All that matters is what collar jacket he was wearing when he uh, <laughs> did the cool thing that you liked. And that's... <laughs> so um, I am gonna, I am going to ask you all about Lupin because I, I love Lupin. I, it is, it is one of my faves. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I think it's just excellent. Um, it is something that I got briefly really into it in college and uh, you know i went to college because i'm extremely old in a period where you couldn't watch stuff streaming very easily so i just downloaded a bunch of lupon in like og vorbis format and stuff like that like, oh really yeah i remember just, you talking about this once because yeah, i remember yeah. definitely torrenting some of those same files it's it's really it's really rewarding to now see them all on a high dive because i'm just like you know what maybe i'll just watch all of lupon like, maybe <laughs> Maybe that's maybe that's where my maybe that's where my journey takes me at this point. That's a dangerous road as someone who has done literally all that there is could to be conquered of Lupin. And uh, you are uh, all the better for it. <laughs> uh, questionable. We'll say questionable <laughs> on that one. Um, so talk to me about Lupin as a series, because one of this one of the things I saw about Lupin it was like something someone just like said offhandedly to me about it. And I, I found it interesting because it was not, um, it was not something I ever thought like about the series in general. I never thought that the series had a bad um, reputation this way, but they were, I was talking about Fujiko Mine uh, with them and they were like, yeah, okay, I hear that does a really good job despite, you know, being a Lupin series. It does a good job with like women. Is Lupin a very, it's like, it's not good about women is that something that Lupin is known for that it doesn't do women well I I would say it has that um that vintage anime sleaze to it um I wouldn't say it, it's particularly especially awful about women I just okay, feel yeah. like it's it's one of those it's not writing I, bean level is what we're yeah, saying here. right yeah it's <laughs> it's a bit um I don't know I I old school I guess and I mean just because it's 
you know, I, the anime's it's uh, the manga's older, but the anime alone has been going since uh, about 1969. I so mean, Monkey you know, Punch is 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 like a Hira Toriyama old. Uh, so like it is, it is like if you look at his picture, I don't. Is Monkey Punch still alive? I th- he passed away, I think, like three or four years ago. Wow, that long ago. Okay, I I thought he was, and then I thought, you know what? That sounds exactly wrong. Like I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm incorrect. I want to um, say it was like 2019 or 2020 when he passed. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, it is. It is a. It is in many ways like a very classic. Um. I mean, classic manga, but now a classic anime. Um. And we'll talk about the ways that this is a departure from it, but um, tell me a little bit about like, uh, well, real quick, what's your, like, what is your journey into Lupin? Cause you've seen all of it. You, you admitted to us uh, in a court of uh, podcast law that you've seen all of uh, Lupin, all that there is. Um, wh- where did you, where did you like come from that you wanted to, to do that? How did you get to this place? So the first Lupin thing I ever saw is the very predictable um, Castle of Cagliostro. Sure. Uh, I was on just that, like, you know, um, I, I don't want to say burgeoning anime fan or whatever, because I've been watching this shit since I was a kid. But <laughs> there there was the phase everyone has where they go, Studio Ghibli, that's the thing I want to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, or like, uh, are your friends tell you that? Like, I mean, it, it feels like you could absolutely be a person who is suspicious of Studio Ghibli. And if you have a bunch of friends who love Studio Ghibli or like anime at all, it's just like, what are we watching today, everyone? It's uh, Princess Mononoke. Shut up if you don't like it. (laughs) So basically, um, yeah, I was just on the Ghibli kick and I was looking at um, the things that they had, uh, had done. And I saw one of the first things Miyazaki himself, like his directorial theatrical debut was castle of Cagliostro. And uh, I was looking at it and I remember looking it up and I saw that the, um, it has like two English dubs and the more modern dub, the guy who plays Lupin in it is David Hayter. The guy who does solid snake. I didn't know that. That's so cool. (laughs) So I was like, I could watch a Studio Ghibli movie that I'll probably like or, or, or a Hayao Miyazaki movie that I'll probably like. And it's got Solid Snake in it. I'm doing that as soon as I can. That's <laughs> and, really cool. Uh, I didn't know he I didn't know he was in that uh, that dub. That's neat. Yeah, he is. They even have him for a couple of special features in the um, more recent Blu-ray. Like they brought him in for some interviews and stuff. I'm not sure David Hayter this this is this is going to sound mean and I don't mean it this way. I think he embodies Solid Snake very well and I would not want anyone else doing Solid Snake than David Hayter. I don't know if David Hayter is a good voice actor. I you know, I definitely feel you on that front and I can <laughs> I can say the same for his actual on-screen acting chops as oh, well. Oh no, I've never seen him on screen. Oh, wow, yeah. I don't think I If I'd you like ever that. get the chance, uh totally watch Giver 2: The Dark Hero, which is um which is like a Tokusatsu thing that he was in where he Did, he plays the lead guy. Isn't there also a Giver anime? Is that am There I, is, am yes. I, okay, okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. That is, uh, yeah, wow. Is he, is he, uh, he's the he lead a- actor in that. And I, I, I described him as having a very dopey looking face. <laughs> well, yeah, he kind of has voice actor face. I mean, I don't mean yeah, it does, like a bad yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like it's voice actors kind of look a certain way. And I, I don't even like, it's okay to look that way if you're a voice actor. Cause your voice sounds great and you're, 
like an incredible talent in an industry that's impossible to get into. You have a lot going for you. But, uh, what do they call it? Uh, a face for radio? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, I have one of those. I'm on a podcast. It's like, it's, I, I get it. Um, yeah, okay. That 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 makes sense as a, as a way to get into it, though. I think, like, it's funny because I think the, the way I sort of um, thought about Lupin was not through Cagliostro because, like, I, I remember that being something like, oh, I, I can't possibly find a copy of Cagliostro anywhere. Um, uh, but how will I, how will I watch, how will I get into Lupin otherwise? And uh, I just thought that it was like the grand old man of anime. And I was like, I just, I need to know what this like monkey punch <laughs> manga was like. And which like, it, it's very difficult in my experience to find uh, scans of the, of the monkey punch manga. People aren't super interested in it. Yeah, uh, it had like changed. a it had a Tokyo Pop release where they did like select chapters and mm. that went on for a handful of volumes, but I mean that was a long time ago. And recently with Monkey Punch's passing, um there was like a collection of like uh stories like handpicked by one of his editors or something and oh, okay. uh, that got brought over to uh, to America and oh, nice. um I actually haven't read all of it yet. Uh, I'm like halfway through it, but it's it's interesting to to see it in 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 its original form. How does it hold up as the manga? Because I I'll, I'll admit I've never read the the Lupin manga. Uh I the the ones that I've read so far that were handpicked for this one are actually things that were already adapted in like obscure oh, okay. kind of ways. Like all there's right. like this super obscure like Blu-ray, uh, like nine minute short or whatever, and that's a chapter in one of them. And I go, oh, okay, <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> of course, I would know it, but you know, um, uh, it's I, I like his art style. He's got this. I think he was very upfront about like his his like a lot of his artistic influence being like shit, like Mad Magazine and Sergio mm-hmm. Argonez and shit. Sure. Um, and it, it's, he has such a, a, a wild style. Like it's, um, what, what do they call it? Gekiga or something? I'm not quite sure, but it's, it's a right. very, it's a very, um, I don't know, just frenetic adult kind of unmanga like style. And I, I really enjoy looking at it. Yeah. I like, I absolutely love the, I love the quality of, of the, the bodies in Lupin the third. Um, and that's not my way of saying that I like looking at Fujiko Mine. I won't lie <laughs> in saying that I don't. I certainly do. But uh, no, it's like I just like the way that bodies look, the fact that like every sort of male leads characters are very hairy. They kind of look like, like they have like <laughs> ape proportions in a lot of ways. It is very I never really thought about it in context of uh, American animation uh, or not American animation, but American comic uh, drawing. Um, and and it, it is like it is very Mad Magazine. It, it's sort of like almost like um, Sergio Aragon is for sure, but even like even like Al Jaffe or something like that. Like it's mm. it's just it's all there. Like it's that that language is is really uh, there in, in Lupin. I never really thought about it that way. I mean, the interesting thing about it, um, like the anime having been around in various forms since like 1969, almost nonstop to the present, is that there's like so many. <laughs> different art styles like adapting that kind of thing mm. and you just get so many different you know takes on what makes a lupon but my personal uh uh benchmark for do they have the right idea on this is if they have fucking gnarly gross hairy hands they gotta have them I, I, if, if i was watching a lupon and they didn't have gnarly gross hairy hands i'd freak out like, like I, what, you know what the, am i watching the, at this point exactly 
It's it just doesn't make sense otherwise. Do you know the um the 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 full CG movie that came out a couple of years ago? Yeah, that looked like it looked okay based on the trailer. Like it looked like it would be neat, but I didn't. I I was actually trying to remember what the hands looked like in that. I remember when I saw in one of the trailers that they had gross hairy hands. I'm like, okay, they got it right. I don't know about <laughs> sexy Tumblr Jigen, but they got the hands right, so we're good <laughs> G- here. Jigen is not is not a sexy Tumblr. That's the other thing. I will say it's the other thing I like about about this as a prequel is that none of the none of the characters. Uh, I mean, except Fujiko, who like we'll talk about how how like um, I don't know how how gender works or whatever and like I, I think there's there's a conversation to be had there but the uh you know i think like none of the male characters are particularly sexy they're all like lupon looks kind of like he, he's sort of unpleasant to look at in a lot of ways <laughs> jigen is gruff and like angular and frumpled <laughs> uh, like goemon is uh is like he's just like constantly embarrassed and it, it is like none of them are and I mean, this is this is true across the series. It's true in Cagliostro. It's it's true in the in the Lupin I've seen. But like that that that's just true of them. They're comic comic heroes. But yeah. I I think it's I think it's cool that in this adaptation of the of the work, even though it is it feels sort of more art housey or serious or a, a million ways I've seen people describe it that I don't quite agree with, but I see what they're saying. Um, they still have that element of just like these guys are sort of like awkward, weird, not quite heroic. Um, they, they aren't smooth in the way that you want them to be. Their, their, their silhouettes are like very gangly and, and <laughs> yes. angular in yes. a way that you don't expect heroes to be, I guess. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's true. They all, they all look like they could be villains, except they, they are too likable to be villains. Um, they all have like such harsh lines on everything, except for Lupin's smooth head and Fujiko's curvy everything. Right. Yeah. I guess like, I guess yeah, Fujiko's so curvy. I did, <laughs> I did like how, um, you 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 prefaced this this recording by uh, yesterday watching some Ninja Turtles and commenting on the fact that April O'Neil has some Fujiko uh, elements to her as well, um, which I think must be true because it explains sort of how I felt about April O'Neil as a child. No, yeah, it's totally true. Like at some point, one of the like showrunners was talking about like he 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 dead ass saw. Um, uh, uh, Kaliostro and the scene where Fujiko <laughs> has the reporter thing and she's like beating people with the microphone and shit. And he saw that and he was like, that's what I want for cartoon April O'Neil. <laughs> Just like for first sexual awakening. Second, I will use this as a design of my cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's like, it's, it's, I feel like Lupin, Lupin exists as that kind of thing as well, because like the way I, I, I liked how you were talking about Ninja Turtles because it, you know, like there's a there's a real sort of like nostalgia trap you can get sucked into, and that's not how you were talking about it. But there's also like a oh, this is stupid money grab garbage from the from like you know when we wanted to have kids buy commercials or whatever. Um, and I don't think that's quite right either, um, at least not for what you how you were describing it. And mm-hmm. Lupin, I think, can get underestimated because it is just like oh yeah, it's just like whatever. Like it's it's you know it's been around forever. It's kind of a you know, people love it, but it's a just a heist show that sort of is always the same. Cagliostro is really all you should watch. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. Um, it, it, I don't know, Lupin, it doesn't flirt with uh, like legacy or, or continuity all that much. 
So not it really, really is. I not, not until like super recently, I would say. Like within the last, you know, I don't know, 10 years where they decide everything has to be like franchise epic material. So I guess you get that like, you know, 30 year nostalgia cycle where you have to go. I Do you remember that part? Everyone remembers <laughs> that part. I, I'm I mean, happy that I'm happy that Lupin is finally in the MCU. That, <laughs> uh, we, we finally found some work for uh, for Lupin. I mean, uh, he's crossed over with uh, Detective Conan like twice, so oh, nice. you know. There you go. I, I guess uh, I guess he wouldn't be out of place too badly. No, that's uh, that's like that's a pretty easy. I, I feel like that's a pretty easy line of succession there. We can make this work. Get, get <laughs> Avi Arad on the phone. Um, I have to ruin more people's time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's like I think you're right. Like the continuity elements, the fact that it is, you know, you can. Cause I remember like thinking like, okay, I got to watch the first Lupin to, to sort of see what's going on. And like, you don't, um, no, you could pretty much just start wherever there's jump like, in. it's always, a, it's always a heist. <laughs> there's like three or four of the like TV specials that kind of go hard on. Do you remember that part? But that's, I mean, that's it. That's like four out of like 50. Come yeah, on. Right. And like in met, like, so I, I've, um, initially I was, I thought it was, uh, this and and then realized oh no i just don't know anything about um uh french like 19th century uh popular fiction uh i enjoyed and watched the um the netflix original lupin which is like uh a heist show about um it's like basically like a you know a, a guy who is inspired by the the french detective lupin and he steals things it's like you know it's just like a, it's a heist show it's it's mm-hmm. absolutely something that i will just you know, watch and uh, uncritically enjoy. But um, the, like, I thought it was, I thought it was this and then learned, okay, that's like Lupin is a, is a, is a famous sort of French uh, character in the mold of say a, a Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Um, so much yeah. so that he went up against Sherlock Holmes in like <laughs> the second book or whatever. So cool. <laughs> that's the kind of crossover I would like. But um, you know, honestly, shitty book, shitty crossover. Really? I, I, oh. I, I actually uh, for the part six Lupin anime, there's a whole big deal of like, oh, he's going up against Sherlock Holmes, which like in in Lupin language, this isn't even like the third time he's gone up against Sherlock Holmes, but whatever, they're doing it for reals this time. And I decided to like, okay, I guess I'll just uh, do the very sane and normal thing of read all of Sherlock Holmes and then a bunch of Arsene Lupin stuff. It's absolutely sane and normal. I'm glad you did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got to admit the, uh, the Arsene Lupin versus uh, Sherlock Holmes novel, very boring, very ungood. <sighs> Sherlock Holmes is extremely out of character. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Like a lot of, I guess a lot of what is Sherlock Holmes is just Conan Doyle writing Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So if you're like, you're like, I'm gonna, it's like, it's my Sherlock Holmes fan fiction doesn't doesn't really work as well. I mean, like for it, they they make him just such a a, a hot headed asshole. I mean, and that, <laughs> and that part's true, but I mean, he's very much a like shoot first, ask questions later asshole in the book, and it just doesn't make sense for Sherlock Holmes action hero. It's it's yeah. like it's like the birth of the uh, of the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, right, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Um, no, that's like, yeah, that's, that's a shave. That's, um, there's a ton of potential there. I'm, I'm, I'm there sorry. There totally that is. Out. Yeah. Uh, but in, 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 in Lupin the third, I didn't realize he is the, he is the grandson of, of Arsene Lupin. Um, yeah. That's the whole joke is kind of, is that like Arsene Lupin is, is the gentleman burglar. He is a very fancy, um, he always know, very... warns his, uh, his victims before, 
Yes, yes, and then Lupin the Third takes that, but but you know the the intentional joke with Lupin the Third is that he is a crash boorish '60s guy who just <laughs> wants who lives to fuck and fucks to live. He's basically yeah, he's basically thief Austin Powers in a lot of ways. Which, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think like in some ways that that lends to some of the some of the like tonal inconsistencies in Lupin or like what people perceive as like boorishness or whatever in Lupin. And that isn't in some is that like how much you lean into Lupin being like a gross sixties guy. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, so yeah. So like, uh, getting into this then, um, this is, this is sort of a departure from that. Uh, (laughs) very much so. Yeah. So woman called Fujiko Mine, um, we were just bashing the idea of continuity, but um, continuity is what got us here. This is a prequel. Um, it it even we... goes so far as to have a narrative, I would say. Which, yeah, you know. no, for sure. Like, well, we, we <laughs> met everyone. We met we met Lupin and Zenigata. Um, we met uh, we met Jigen, and then we met Goemon. Like, who else is there to meet? We got to meet the yellow car. That's about it. <laughs> uh, but um, it, like. What was the so I don't know anything about like the reception or anything, and I'm not sure I, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. But if you don't know, that's that's totally fine too. But like, what was the reception to this when it first came out? Was it like were, were people pretty amped, or was it like one of those things where it was kind of a um, kind of like okay, I'm not you know we're not totally sure about this. Why are we focusing on Fujiko? Why are we doing continuity thing? Um, I think there was a little bit of backlash to that because um, I you know I guess people want want. I mean, you know, just the, the 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 classic fallen trap of like we're going to do something different with this franchise, but it's not the thing I'm used to. I want right, to see right. more of the funny monkey man have sex or whatever. <laughs> Does he have sex? Does Lupin actually have sex in these shows? Because I don't know if I've ever seen him successfully. No, uh, I don't think he bag. ever. Just, yeah, you're right about that. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's more of a manga thing. Um, <laughs> he always. I, I, seems I want to, to see him try up. and fail and have sex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's something I do want to see. You're right. Um, yeah. Okay. No, that's that's interesting because it it is a like it is a departure, but it's it like it also. So what it like? I, I would imagine the 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 content was was a was a, a sticking point for people, but like also the style is very. It feels experimental almost like it. It I said to a friend, it, it reminded me almost of like. It does like sort of Bruce Tim or uh, Mike yeah. Red like revision like revisitations of Jack Kirby stuff. Like it, it has that kind of feel to it, where like the shading super intense. It's very stylized. It's cool. yeah, it definitely has that like Bruce Tim like dark deco kind of aesthetic or whatever yes, it is. The, absolutely, um, the like weird hatchy shading on everyone at all times. It creates yeah. this super intense look. The, the color palette deco. is like super drab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like, but it it looks great. Like, it really it looks so wonderful. Does. There, there's not a lot else that looks like it, and I I really like the just the general look of it. And the direction is really cool too. So the 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 woman who directed this, um, I have her. I have it up. I'm going to be able to do this. Uh, Sayo Yamamoto. There you um, go. Yeah. See, I the, <laughs> I gotta I gotta I gotta like I know you could do it too, but I I feel like <laughs> I feel like I have to I have to at least like do part of it if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm saying like Andrew's not here, I have to I have to bring their spirit in on some level, <laughs> uh, which means I have to antagonize you at some point. But um, right. yeah. I would have bailed you out if you needed it, but I had faith. <laughs> Thank you. 
but Yamamoto also um, did Yuri on Ice, which is a, a fairly famous show. Um, I, as I'm to understand, is that is that correct? My yeah, understanding Pete. of what a famous show is has been uh, sorely tested because I thought um, I thought that Kong Ming show was famous, and apparently that's <laughs> not the case. No, people were super into Yuri on Ice when it was airing. Okay, um, I. Uh, she 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 was going to do the movie sequel, but I mean, we haven't heard news from that in a long time, and I have a feeling it is stuck in development hell. Oh no, which is a shame. Does she? Like, the, the momentum totally died on it. Like I don't see the fandom reviving to such a scale as what as what it once was. Oh, that's a shame. It, like, does she? So she she doesn't have a ton of credits. Am I wrong about that? No, you're not. But okay. um, she she was. Like, she's kind of a known name. She's like a, a okay. storyboarder. She did the show called Michiko and Hachin. Um, and that's kind of what got her noticed by TMS and what, what made them want to approach her for a Lupin program. Okay. Because Michiko and Hachin, um, I have only seen like nine episodes of it. I should really watch more. But she made it with the intention of um, of to where women can come home from work and crack open a beer and watch a good fucking TV show. And I I appreciate just that entirely. It's about this um, escaped convict woman who um, like breaks into uh, the foster uh, home that her her daughter was taken from and put in to save her. But her daughter, like when this happened, when she I guess when she was put in prison, was super young. So she's only like, I don't know, five or six or something. So she never really knew her mom okay so she, but the foster family fucking sucked and took took advantage of her and abused her and stuff but but also like her mom is this like crazy badass like she she like takes down a police helicopter with like a rocket launcher <laughs> or something like on the way out out of breaking out of prison it's like it's ridiculous but th- the mom is out of control and the daughter is like has no attachment to her and thinks she's weird and sucks, but she's a lot better than the abusive family she was with before. So a lot of it is like Michiko trying to bond with Hachin, Hachin not really having any of it, but Michiko still clearly loving her child and regretting that she could not be there for her as much. Interesting. And it's an interesting watch. Um, Does, is So it seems like, like a lot of her work focuses on, on like, specifically ways that women feel um that that's like a that's a trite way of putting it but like i would say like a woman called fujiko mine is very very interested in how a woman might feel both like emotionally sexually like intellectually about self and theft and like it is it is very very like I don't know. It's it's hyper focused on it in in a really interesting way. Yeah, um, I would say her work definitely focuses on like identity on mm, a whole mm. is is the thing I would take from the things I've seen her do. That makes sense. Cuz I mean like I guess Yuri on Ice is the outlier where women aren't really that important in it. It's 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 more of a male male love story very famously, but um, Oh, that's that's it it shot I I uh, that Ah, see, I didn't know enough about it, and it 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 did the thing where I was surprised because it's Yuri on Ice. It's not. There you go. That that's what ah, trips people up. Ah, they got me. Uh, <laughs> now I need to know more. Um, okay, that's interesting. Um, okay, so yeah, identity is a really a really good way of putting it because I don't think necessarily that, and, and I, I would I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but like I, I didn't get as much of like a. I mean, certainly not a, a gender in the sense of like, uh, uh, you know, 
what we've been charitably calling gender critical on Twitter or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's nothing like that. It's not like it's not like I'm a woman because blah blah blah. It is. It is like it it cares about gender in a certain way, but I feel like identity in the sense of like what what the sort of preoccupations of one's mind and desires make oneself uh, and how does that, how that, you know, translates in some ways, but does not translate in other ways to identity. Um, I think like, that's sort of what I took from this as opposed to, you know, like this is a, this is a show about, about women uh, mm-hmm. in, in a male dominated world or something like that. I, I don't know if that's the same way you, you took it or not though. So I'd, I'd be interested in, in your thoughts on that. No, I, I, I would largely agree with you on that. Hmm. It like it is cool. Like it's it's uh so okay, I'll put you on the spot because I want to hear you talk about it. Um and I was gonna ask you anyway. Talk to me about the uh the opening theme, which is beautiful. Um very sexy, uh in, in a in a classical sort of sexy sense that people will complain about sex scenes in. Um <laughs> What do you, they what do you don't make nipple and dime you on it, which is, I think, like, they <laughs> they, they make it uh, clear out of the gate. You will be seeing nipples in this show. <laughs> yeah, they made that. This is a nude show. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of nipples in this show. Um, and I don't, I like, I feel like the the sort of, like, um, full frontal nudity, it, it's not there, but, like, seeing her sitting backwards in a chair nude and the only thing covering is, like, one uh like uh i don't know like filigree on a chair right it's pretty pretty like it's it's that classic thing that people always said and i never understood because it didn't make sense to me but like sort of more naked than naked in that sense yeah yeah the 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 classic like um you want you want your wife to cook for you in a naked apron, which is sexier than cooking naked because she's wearing an apron. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> uh, so, what do you what do you make of the opening? Like, why do you why do you sort of uh, why do you think they they came out that hard that way? Like, and and do you think it's effective? I, I think that I think it really works because okay. I mean it's it's not one of those shows where you get a little bit of show and then they put the opening in you. They, the opening is like, bam, first thing. Mm-hmm. And it really just, I mean, it comes out swinging. It's this, it's this like husky voiced, uh, a, almost ASMR kind of, uh, like t- tortured sounding woman talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know, how she, how she should be punished and, and found and saved and hurt and, and cared for like all at the same time, just this rush of conflicting emotions. And it, I mean, the imagery is just, I mean, like two, two rose thorn covered Fujiko's running at each other and embracing and kissing. I mean, it's just, it's wild. It is all over the place. And I think it's, it's very effective in like, uh, showcasing that the show is in some way going to be about identity because yeah. there's no real like music or anything it's just this woman narrating with some really ominous strings mostly it's true and like there's a i liked the i liked the the demand that she makes of the audience which is like if you're gonna if you're gonna like behold me or like gaze you no, know, she says if you if you're going to gaze at me which again translation i'm not sure if that's exact or not but if it's not it's a really great translation um like if you're going to gaze at me, then like, you know, put down everything else, stop paying attention to everything else. You're going to be paying attention to me. Like it is, it is sort of like the demand of, of like unadulterated attention is, is uh, like, I don't know. It, it, 
it's not as if like I've never heard it before, but like it is it is super interesting as like a uh, a demand of the gaze. Like you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, then I have to be the focus. I'm going to be everything. Like you're going to learn about me. Um, what, what's the way they phrase it? Like cease everything you are doing except for the listening to the thrumming of your heart or something yes, like that. That's exactly it. Yes, exactly. And that's also what she ends up doing to um that's what she ends up doing to Jigen and uh and, and Goemon where when she sees them, like basically just being like, Okay, just let everything go except how like how good you feel right now. Even so so much with Jigen as uh as performing like Chinese sex uh, uh, massage on him to make him, <laughs> I, I guess is what she calls it. But um, yeah, like it is, it is this, yeah, the thrumming of your heart. That's, that's a really good, that's a really good point. Like it is, it's, it's very sexual obviously, but it's also like hyper focused on like the individual sexuality of her, not just like, you know, Oh, I, I saw a boob. Like it is like, it, it's important that it's Fujiko's. Yeah, it's like very entwined with like, I want you to to listen to me and pay attention of how I feel and how I hurt and, and how I need. But also equally so, I want that like the, the pleasure of being seen. I want mm-hmm. you like the, 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 the physicality of it. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And like, I think that's that's one of the ways that the kind of like the physicality really like continues to work super well in in this show in that like. It is it is something that I don't know, like it always feels like it is narratively important when she's when she's nude and not in the like, why is this not telling me a story sort of like HBO way, which I think is a a fair critique of HBO in some ways. But the (laughs) like, you know, like the 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 way that like when I'm thinking about it because I was the most recent one I watched, but like at the end of the Goemon episode, he he cuts all her clothes off and it's just like he just like stands there like stunned and it, it's, it is it is this moment of like yeah it, he's like he's seeing her and he's completely unmoored like he can't he can't handle it um and that sort of like the nudity works there because it's like it has to be there right like it, right. it is it's it's something that like could not you couldn't have this show without the nudity in a lot of ways and and it's really um i don't know pretty like, like, like Fujiko, I feel like, you know, she's always been, you know, in, 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 the, in the decades prior and such. She's always been pretty bold. She's been nude plenty. But I feel like this is the one that's the most, like, fucking get a load of this kind, kind <laughs> yeah, of attitude no, about it. No, you're right. No, yeah. No, it's exactly right. Like, it is, it is like, a lot of it is, I mean, it's ostentatious or um, exhibitionist in a way, right? Like, it is, and, and not like... Not in a cheap way or in a like, uh, okay, we're we're making like a sexy show kind of way. Like it's exhibitionist in a way that says like, yeah, I'm gonna be an exhibitionist about this, but um, we're gonna have to think about like what that actually means. Like, it, yeah, it is, like yeah. like Fujiko does the like she, she's she's the uh, she's the sexy lady shower scene generator in a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, and and this is a lot more specifically like, uh, I don't know. Uh, nudity and boldness and and eroticism to prove a point more than just you know here's the mandated you get to look at it at the woman's nape of a neck or whatever yeah, yeah no exactly yeah and, and like it is like i will i'll say like in in a lot of like well the anime i grew up on like the the in the vhs like whatever i can get i get era um there's like mandated nude scenes <laughs> it's just basically like <laughs> Okay, like in a couple minutes in, we're gonna get to see a couple boobs because there will be like a 
there'll be a, a hot spring scene or something like that. Why is the tracking on the VHS really bad in this scene? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's always been like that. I definitely, uh, I don't think I've even seen this scene in Rama before. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why you're wondering about that. But uh, you know, it's probably not important. Let's just move on. Uh, no, yeah, it's it is it is funny. Like it, it goes, it gets away from that in like in that classic sort of like you know. I feel like it's one of those terrified conservative memes of like, you know, thinking about what it's going to be like when when the the politically correct takeover, where it's like, oh, you'll <laughs> you'll see a naked lady, but she'll she'll ask you to like, you know, explain your you know, like theoretically why you think she's pretty or something before that. Like, but it it is like it is a you know like it's the promise of like okay, there's going to be a lot of like titillating imagery, but it's also going to it's going to be in the service of like explaining why it's titillating to both you, the viewer and the character, which is like right. a fairly bold claim, but I think they, they absolutely follow through narrative nudity. It's the hot Narr- new thing. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. See, I, this is why, this is why it's good to have guests. They're, they're always smarter than me. Um, so, um, Let's take a little break here, um, and then we can we can get into to the episodes as they come, and and then unpack a little more. All right. I started doing this because I I I started giving this break because the uh, someone someone DM'd me and said that there was like a crypto ad in the middle of my show, and I was like, <laughs> I can't really help that. Like, it's not something I. It's all programmatic. Uh, right. So I, so I was like, well, it may as well just like not be in the middle of someone saying something specifically like one of my guests saying a good right. point. And then someone's like, have you bought an NFT yet? Um, it's clear uh, edit point. Totally. Yes, I get exactly. It. it also helps Julian, which is which is nice. Um, yeah. All right. Three, two, one. All right. So we're back. Uh, Emily, do you want to introduce uh, this next episode? Uh, the first episode, which I would uh, call sort of the. The cult leader, uh, Cogliostro Redux. <laughs> All right. So this is episode one, the master thief versus the lady looter. This one is written by Mario Kata, who is the, uh, the lead writer on this series. Um, Mario Kata is famous for her kind of, um, you know, melodramatic kind of crazy works. She's, she's one of those auteur types where people know her name and they follow her because she's weird. Mm. Um, she did stuff like Anohana, the flower we saw that day. Um, she was, uh, recently did the, the mobile suit Gundam iron blooded orphans, both seasons of that. Um, she was responsible for the Wixos franchise for a time. And she did, um, I don't know anything about this one besides it was recent and I feel like people liked it, which was Oh Maidens in your savage season. I think oh. that one was supposed to be funny and interesting. I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> that is that's the classic auteur thing to like at a certain point be like i didn't look at this one but i i assume it's pretty good like, i'm assuming knows? it has all yeah. of her benchmarks uh but yeah she's she's the lead writer for fujiko mine so she has a fair chunk of these to her um she's cool. an interesting one I, I feel like she's for me personally she's a bit of a coin flip but i respect <laughs> i respect what she does you respect the vision despite not always enjoying it right Okay. So this one, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's there's a weird cult. Um, there there's a cult leader. There's there's super drugs. There's the uh, 
the, the statue from the back of that Street Fighter stage that has <laughs> rockets on it. It's it's the most thought, yeah. As 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 a first episode in the series, it definitely overstates how much action there's going to be in it. But it's also <laughs> yeah, like it kind of does. But there could be no other Lupin episode if it wasn't just like like if Jigen and Goemon are not in it, it can't possibly be anything else other than like Lupin has come up with a crazy way to get out of this. It's pretty <laughs> stupid. Let's see how it works. Um, I like it. It is. It has like extreme Lupin solo episode energy, which I which I respect quite a bit. It's it's a really good opening. It it does everything you need it to do. But the very first thing you see in this one is um, before you get into the action. There's this like ominous um, like organ sting, and there's this like dynamic text on screen, and it says. Fujiko Mine, stripped of all her love, your sweet scent shall draw three rogues to you, and so this tale of hijinks shall unfold. However, you must never forget, the overcast skies you see are painted from my palette. Signed, L-Y-A. And that's, I mean... That That'll never factor, come back, right? Oh, definitely not. That doesn't factor <laughs> into anything in this I don't whatsoever. know who the three rogues are. I don't know what I'm to make of those Yeah. <laughs> So the first rogue is obviously going to be Lupin. Gotta be. Because uh, Lupin and Fujiko are basically both after this um, this drug that this hippie drug cult island produces. Um, <laughs> it's a great it's a great drug. Uh, it, it like it's it's very fun. Um, what I like about it most is that it is like some we find out it's like a little like lotion this older guy puts on his body because he's alert. He's basically immune to poison um, exactly he, yeah. he wicks it off on everyone else and they they have crazy trips and he he does it all while shouting like frizzy tizzy dizzy like very <laughs> I, I don't know very very like dynasty warriors yellow turban empire kind of magic oh yeah no that's really good yeah, no you're right it like <laughs> it also like there's there's almost like a like a adam west batman kind of element to it where like <laughs> yeah the people, the people he doesn't like, he'll call like steady, like steady legs or something like that. Like he always comes up with like a mean way to say not dizzy, uh, which I really appreciated. I thought that was uh, that was a nice touch. Yeah, all all of his dialogue is is rather flowery and and I mean grandiose. I mean, because he is a cult leader, but he's mm -hmm. also a cartoon character cult leader, so it's really good. Yeah, it's like it's. I like this because so this is one of the the dynamics in 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 Fuchigamine that I think is like. Um, I don't know, it just really, really works super well is that like, it is serious. Like there's, there's, there, it is a more serious show than I think a lot of people expected, or I would assume a lot of people would have expected uh, from a Lupin show, but it doesn't take every opportunity to be serious. It's not yeah, like, it's not deadly serious, right? This cult leader isn't like Jim Jones. It's not like Lupin's like, I have to steal this, this, uh, this drug and, uh, Oh God, this guy's killing all of his followers or something. Like <laughs> there are jokes still. Yeah, definitely. Um so basically Lupin uh and Fujiko are are separately after the same goal and, and they end up uh encountering each other and getting in each other's way and just totally just botching each other's plan just by existing within the same plane as each other. <laughs> Which is a classic Fujiko Lupin dynamic, unless I'm totally wrong. Oh, definitely. Okay. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, that that just landed very well for me because I, I knew what it was and I felt like, okay, I've been here before. 
So like Lupin's looking at her through the through the through the binoculars and he's like, wow, that's a that's a mighty fine woman. I want me some of that. It is sure a shame that she is currently trying to bone down the cult leader. (laughs) Wasted on a cult leader, he says, which is something something we've all we've all been there. We've all seen a beautiful woman and thought, why is she dating that cult leader? Uh, Bitch, every time, (laughs) every time If I had a nickel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah he checks he basically like the 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 heist starts fast and furious like uh we we you know we get lupon um sorry getting um he's in the he's in the chandelier he sets off a bunch of bombs um but also yeah, i love that his first option is just bombing shit yeah i know it's like for a distraction but, but like that's his chandelier. first option <laughs> And like as he as it bobs, he's like he's up there too. And I think me and everyone watching it is like, oh, what's his plan here? He's gonna get hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he his plan is he is going to uh he's gonna just straight up um uh grapple down um, somehow. Uh, it feels so slapdash, like it's great. He, he planned it for like 10 minutes and then had a cigarette and went, ow, wing it. It's like that's like, it's <laughs> That's like always been the best part about Lupin. Um, it's something that like is definitely not true of of Arsène Lupin. Is that like Lupin the Third is just is constantly uh, making horrible plans. This <laughs> is like absolutely garbage plans that will never work and and just do because he's Lupin and he's able to wing it. Like his his improvisation is is where he he shines. But like the the element of like okay, um, this is a genius plan. It's just like simply not there this is not a genius plan to, to like <laughs> track like sneaky sneak by a submarine to get on a special island after you announce that you're stealing their magic uh their magic <laughs> dust um it's cool it's not smart i would say no yeah actually you know since i'm thinking about it can i share my favorite stupid lupon plan absolutely you can i i encourage it uh, it's it's like one of the first five episodes of of the second I guess quote unquote season. Um, <laughs> You're becoming Lupin season pilled. It's, it's... <laughs> he he I forget the exact specifics of it, but he ends up um like I guess I, I mean, maybe it's a bunch of diamonds or something. But he hides it in that in that big Jesus statue in in oh, I forget no, yeah, where no, exactly in South America. And uh, yeah, and uh, I think that's in I think that's in Rio. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, he he hides a bunch of diamonds in that, and basically just everything goes wrong. And the end of the episode just goes with him just airlifting <laughs> it via a helicopter, <laughs> and he gets away with it. I love that so much. Like if if that second season doesn't know how to end an episode, it just gets a helicopter involved somehow. Like it's such a wild card. It's great, but it's a great it's a great choice. Like again, like it's it's just like I feel like. When someone is doing Lupin well, and I, I'll say, like, for my very limited experience with Lupin, this just feels good. Like, it feels good in the same way Cogliostro does. It feels good in the same way, like, all the Lupins I've really enjoyed do. Uh, Fujiko Mine, that is. Like, it it just, it feels like it it knows what it's doing and does it well. And, like, the, the um, part of that is just, like, knowing when you can be ridiculous. Like, knowing when it's, like, yeah. okay to just, like, do something silly. Like we already talked about it, but like eventually they find the 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 the, the, the this big huge uh, statue has like the one hundred percent pure drug crystal, uh, which they call Fräulein Euler. <laughs> and um, that means that means uh, Mother Owl. 
Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> just just and for anyone following at home, there's a lot of owl imagery in this show, which I'm sure there, won't there come really back. is. Uh, but yeah, he puts like he, he puts like rocket boosters on on the on the giant statue and just like one once once everything goes awry and the the cult leader is like, fuck this, I'm out of here. I'm just going to sink the whole island because it's actually a fake man-made island that's on top of like an uh, abandoned oil rig or something. The, the, the era of loving oil rigs was still strong, even that many years <laughs> after uh, after Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, very, very Peace Walker over here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the drug guy, he doesn't want anything like getting found because, uh, of course, like Lupin tipped off the police. So there's the scene of like Zenigata and he has a new subordinate in this show and they're they're chasing him after in the boats and uh, they're coming. So the guy just sinks everything. But Lupin, he shoots out the the, the statue in a, in, a, in a rocket booster and just crashes everything. I liked that the statue, the, no one ends up getting away with the statue uh, in, in large part because like Fuchiko and Lupin are too obsessed with their competition to actually like do a good job of being yes. thieves. <laughs> It's just Actually, a, no, before, a wonderful dynamic. Yeah, because before the um, they they shoot the statue out, they have this like really visually cool gunfight in the oh, dark. It's great, like yeah, there's there's glow in the dark lipstick on Lupin's cheek. Which yeah, she she loads there. the bullet uh her lipstick case like as a bullet, and she's like, you know, I'm 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 tired of you talking about me because you you keep saying I'm a fine woman. That's not true. I'm a mighty fine woman. <laughs> I'm and she what you fires said the lipstick. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and the lipstick, of course, is fired so dramatically that it that it manages to smooch his cheek as it rotates, and it's just. <laughs> God, it's so fucking cool. I love that bit so much. It's really good. And then the fact that it glows and the everything in the room is dark so she can see Lupin, but Lupin can't see her. So, like, it's just, like, firing gunshots going by where the, the last shot was when they're, like, jumping around. It's great. Like, it is. It, it really shows off that whole, like, faux dark deco kind of aesthetic really well. Yeah, the way absolutely. they handle lighting. Yeah, it's wonderful. Like, it, it, it really, like, and I, I think, like, lighting is maybe one of the things that's best done in that dark deco definitely style like the the fact that you can get like i don't know like i a lot of people are still um very very fond of um you know in in ways they can't quite explain of the uh the batman animated series uh from the from the 90s um and i think a lot of that is because like it just like you you feel like the you know the 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 street lights in it feel yeah, like, like halogens so in a particular way yes yes palpable that's exactly right and like the the lighting is palpable in this too like the the kind of floaty cult leader lighting feels different than the lighting in the lab in like a in the tactile way yeah actually that that gives me a good chance to talk about um the the character designer for this Ooh, the, yes uh, please the art lead so uh the character designer for this is uh takeshi koike who uh, you may know as responsible for Redline, the oh. director and the designer um, for that for that movie. Okay, and you can definitely see it. Like you, you look at uh, Sweet JP and you look at Lupin. Very similar angles and lines on those. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he he actually goes on to direct a series of uh, of, of like character focused Lupin OVAs after this too. So I think someone was telling me to watch those, which is is a very funny. I still have a lot of people who like 
despite the fact that this show was made because I kept saying, I wish I could watch more anime, but I don't have time. And also I don't know enough about anime. <laughs> People are like, be sure that once you're done with this one season, you watch all the, uh, you watch all the OVAs and like, make sure you, you don't miss any of the secret seasons. It's like, I don't, <laughs> that sounds good, but I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. Um, yeah, no, that, that makes sense that, 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 that has something to do with the art direction here. Cause I, I was wondering how it was connected and that absolutely explains it. Yeah, there's there's the very sense. I mean, looking at Redline and looking at this, like it all clicks. You can mm-hmm. definitely tell mm-hmm. a lot of the the same bag of tricks goes to the same man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, like I think one of the best things about the character design in this, it's it's sort of subtle. Um, but you have to you have to be really bad at picking up cues, like uh, like like I am. Um, and uh, <laughs> you have to be very very bad at watching TV, I guess. Uh, but um. The uh, like I I was never unable to know who Fujiko is, despite the fact that she is in different wigs, different costumes, different outfits. There are women who sort of look like Fujiko, like the uh, the 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 boss's wife in the second in the second episode uh, in the Jigen right. episode is meant to in some ways uh, visually speak to or visually resemble Fujiko. Um, to the point that at the end, Fuji goes like, she reminds me of, uh, of myself. Um, but, uh, it is like, it is remarkable that at no point am I like, am I like, who's that lady? I don't think that's Fujiko. Like you immediately know who she is every time. And it, it has something to do with the eyes and the lips and the curve of the, the jaw. And like the, the, that like, uh, character design gets that, um, granular in such a consistent way. is really cool. Yeah, because I mean, you know, just the way anime or any cartoon is made, you know, there's always going to be, you know, minor variations on, like, you know, which guy draws which scene and sure. he draws things. And even though there's like the consistent design, you know, this is what the character's supposed to look like, there's always going to be those minor variations. Some guy's always going to draw Goku's hair slightly spikier or his ears slightly weirder than normal. <laughs> and that guy but, is known as the lead designer. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like Fuchiko Mine, um, the show, uh, does that like it, it's almost incredibly consistently i guess on model and uh it just makes things very easy to follow very easy to flow it's true yeah it like that's actually that's a good point because there's something um something almost autorish about about uh, a woman called fuchiko mine in like in in the best possible way like that that can also be uh like a slur in, in uh, <laughs> filmmaking and that's not my intention uh i mean it in a good way it is like but there is kind of this auteurish quality to it in that it does feel like one singular kind of vision, um, the, the way that you get out of, you know, films that have one, one director, one producer kind of thing. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And I think you're that like that, that keys into something you're saying there and that like the, the, the character design is just extremely consistent. That actually brings me to another anecdote that I, I, I remembered. Um, so the reason Sayo Yamamoto got this is because they liked watching um, Michiko and Hachin, and they were like, do you want to do a Lupin thing? And she said, well, I don't really care that much personally about, like, Lupin, the character. I like Fujiko. I want to do a Fujiko show. That is and so were- cool that they were into it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like kind of bold we're like hey do you want to do like one of the most famous like franchises we got well if you let me do this <laughs> you it, know I mean, it really is like it it reminds me a lot of 
It reminds me a lot of like how people say, I mean, not to, not to, I, I try not to talk about the Marvel movies I, in some ways because like, you know, growing up, like in comics, I feel, I always feel a little frustrated that I, I find them so unappealing and uninteresting. And I'm sure that mm-hmm. is in a large part because I got older um, and just like different things. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I try, I try not to, cause it's, it's old hat and whatever, but like, you know, there's, I think we hear that a lot with like, you know, Marvel brings in, you know, X uh, respected director and they're like, oh, this is going to be wild. This is going to be way different than what we've ever seen coming out of the studio. Like, this is not just going to be like boring. It's going to be really, really cool. And inevitably, it's just the same thing. Right. But like, surely this won't be edited to hell in the house styles. Right. Exactly. Erasing the directorials like, you know, the habits and such. No, no, no. This time, this time it's going to be different. No, um, Sam Raimi, Doctor Strange is going to feel so <laughs> different. I swear to God, they're going to have they're going to have so many ways to show the uh, Falun Gong newspaper on the uh, on the street this time. I swear. <laughs> um, but like it is it's like I think the. Like, this is like the the version of that argument where like it actually happens where you say like, well, this is going to look way different because like this director doesn't care about the same stuff that other people who have done this care about. And that's the case in, in, in Fujikomine and that like it's clear from everything about this that while she, you know, likes the characters and all or like, you know, she 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 deals with them very well. Um, she really like cares the, the the show i should say only cares about about fujiko <laughs> like it's it's very much a show that puts her first yeah definitely um sayo yamamoto i in some sort of interview she talked about like you know when i was uh, whenever i would catch lupon on i i in, instinctively i just wanted to see more fujiko i wanted to know what fujiko is doing she is literally the the simpsons joke whenever fujiko mine is on screen <laughs> not on screen the audience should be asking where is fujiko mine and like the funny thing is about lupon like i think that is kind of how fujiko works in, in lupon like <laughs> i think like you 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 are you are asking that if you're watching if you're watching lupon but it's also like the show doesn't ever commit to that. Like Fujiko's mysterious. What, where is she? What's she doing? Why, why aren't we talking more about her? And it's like, well, Lupin has to finish this heist. So like, let's, let's, let's get off that point. And I, I yeah. feel like this is maybe like a, a, a sort of uh restrained urge in the rest of Lupin given full force. There's no like last minute. Um, suddenly there's Fujiko and she sells out Lupin and she gets the diamonds, but then she gets hit by lightning and loses the diamonds. So no one wins kind of stuff in this. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. I, I think it's like, you know, one of the, one of the elements about this that, um, I think really lands is that like, she has all of her like various guises and everything. She does a lot of different things. She's playing all the sides, whatever. Um, but like, there feels like some sort of like consistency of character as to why she would do such a thing. Even if it's just like, she loves treasure a lot and she loves theft, like even, you know, and it's, I don't think it's cheap and I'm, 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 I couldn't give you the reason why it works and isn't cheap, but it really like, it's the monologue in the, in the theme song that gives it like more than just, she loves treasure. It's that, it's that question of like, why is theft like so good? Why is it not burglary? Like she said, right. she, she claims it's not burglary. It's not violence, but it's like, well, why isn't it those things? What is, what is this? Those questions are so compelling that like the whole time you're sort of following her actions as an extension of that. So unlike in Lupin, it's like where it's, you know, her selling Lupin out or whatever, or not selling Lupin out feels arbitrary. 
Um, and in a funny way, like I'm not complaining. But, oh, definitely. But in, in this case, it like it feels very consistent and as a part of a story, which is kind of kind of a surprisingly uh, difficult move, I would expect. Yeah, I, it, it's it's a it's a a bold move to suddenly be like there should be weight behind the decision of why she is the way she is. <laughs> yeah, and that's just what we're going to do. And you, you, you get to like. Well, are they just doing this because it's a prequel and we have to have like, you know, what makes you you or are they going to actually like do something remotely interesting with this? Should I just be making the jerk off motion with my hand because (laughs) this is a prequel or should I, you know, actually, you know, hold off and then go a little tantric with this? Yeah. And, you know, it it actually it really does feel like they are doing it for a reason, which is which is off putting in a certain way, because like. I'm not used to prequels doing things for good reasons, right? Like prequels are prequels are there. So you say like, oh, that's why he has that catchphrase or like it's like the the thing in uh, the Han Solo prequel where like, I was going to say why, the exact same thing. Yeah, we find out why he's named Han Solo. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's why like things no one ever asked, like things no one needs to know uh, are, are worked out uh, for no reason. And in this case, like it is exactly the opposite. It's like. I, I'll put it this way, like it. Watching the show makes me sort of say, like, why wasn't I asking why Fujiko is the way she is while I was watching the rest of the show? Like, why? Right. Why is this the it, first time I'm asking this question to myself? It, it leaps out at you like, shit, why? Why does she do that? Actually? <laughs> right. Yeah. And it, it, it is like it's a classic way of, of of revealing the fact that you haven't been watching something with like uh, like you haven't been watching the woman in the show with like nearly the same attention or concern as you have as the men, but like done in a, in a demonstrative way where you'd be like, no, I love Fujiko. It's like, well, you probably have some theories as to why Lupin's doing what he does or Goemon or Jigen or whatever. Do you have theories about Fujiko? It's like, no, I guess I don't. She's a, huh. she's a chaos uh-huh. Fujiko dragon. funny does a, does a betrayal, right? <laughs> That's all we need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, no, it is. It, it's, I mean, it's like, as you said, it's like, it's absolutely bold. Um, so speaking of bold, let's go to the, I, this is probably my favorite episode of the three is the second with Jigen, um, the love story or of, of sorts. Um, and I will let, I will let you do the, do the, the, the information on if you have more, but I will also say, I think this one's neat because it, it feels like a very classic noir story. Um, very much a, you know, like Dashiell Hammock kind of like, um, a bunch of people are put in a situation where they have to not even solve a mystery, but just like interact in a way that uncovers something bad and no one feels good at the end of it. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And uh, the opening makes me really happy that like it's Fujiko just killing it at a casino and, <laughs> and, and the mob boss's uh, wife who now runs the the family comes over and says, Oh, you know, like you're doing so well, but like, why don't you get higher stakes? Uh, I own this casino. I'll give it to you. If you win the spin, and Fujiko says, well, what, what should I wager? And she says, how about yourself? <laughs> Fujiko loves this idea and loses. And so again, <laughs> immediately. We get this. Right, exactly. Um, Fujiko making one of the worst choices I can think of. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll definitely do this high stakes bet against the owner of the casino. <laughs> what Shit, more could why happen? Not? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there's nothing. I'm sure there's no way they could cheat. Um. But yeah, it's 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 a it's a moment where where like she finds herself in in deep and she she starts like hanging out with people who are also in deep um in in Jigen and I don't know like 
you, I would I would want you to talk about because I can't I can't ever really place Jigen in the in the Lupin episodes. I mean, he's like Lupin's best buddy. Uh, I know that, uh, and they're always in the car, and he can shoot real well, and he's cool. Um, I don't know what else to say about Jigen. Uh, I guess he's. I mean, I, until like really recently, I feel like it was not terribly common to have like all of all of the Lupin gang uh, people in like one episode. Yes, like, I've Goemon, noticed that. Goemon used to be a, a sometimes kind of character. <laughs> Goemon um, is a sometimes food. <laughs> it really tastes better that way. <laughs> it makes it, it makes it a lot. You know, you, you ever just get the the little like the you know the ice cream at the end of your work week, where you're just like, God damn it, I need this. Yeah, that's Goemon. That's what he shows. That's exactly right. So I guess I guess Jigen kind of serves as the like the I don't know the muscle I mm-hmm. guess for for Lupin. Cause they're they're I mean they're tight they're they're close knit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Jig is just an interesting character to me. He's he's just he's there. He's for it. He's also almost always the first guy to be like, "This sounds stupid. Fuck this. I'm out." <laughs> yeah, he's a terrible thief, which is always what what like strikes me about Jig is that like he's never super interested in doing the theft. He's like the best shot in the world and he will absolutely like, you know, come through when necessary. But if you if you come to him like, "Okay, Jigen, I've got this plan where we're going to where we're going to tunnel uh underneath the the pie making factory and we're going to like steal <laughs> the super ruby <laughs> that is hidden in the in the ninth pie they make every week." And then Jigen's just like, "No, I'm not doing this. Do this yourself. I'm out of here." <laughs> And then that instantly gets roped into it, which is exactly I think like one of the things about one of the things about Lupin that I'm that I'm realizing is like a lot of it is that kind of like I I keep using this reference and I don't think anyone it helps anyone but me, but I'm going to keep doing it. It's very much like a Commedia dell'arte thing where like the characters have a very specific um, role to play. And yeah. they play that role to perfection. And like you don't necessarily get more of their character than that, but that's also kind of enough. Um like it, it it's true that like Jigen is, as you say, like the muscle and the skeptic. Um the guy who is like not obsessed with with uh making the score. Um Goemon is like the the pure of heart, uh Comic relief. Zenigata is the same way. Like Fujiko is the is the wild card betrayer, and Lupin's Lupin, uh, kind of like the hero character. But in this, like, y- you lose all of that. Like it's 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 not. I won't say you lose it. It's still there, but like, it's not enough anymore. Yeah, there there's suddenly we have to have dimension to these characters. <laughs> suddenly, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's true. Like it is it is a. Um, He's given a, a kind of depth here that I that I was surprised by. Like it is, he almost plays a parody of himself in this episode. Where like <laughs> he really does. Where, where people are people are like, uh, "All right, Jigen, how you doing?" And he said, "It's not my duty to tell you how I'm doing. A bodyguard's duty is to protect people. Then he'll just shoot people in the bushes. <laughs> it's great." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jigen, man, Jigen's such a character. I love him. Oh, he's great. He's not my favorite. I love I love Goemon the most, but Jigen is is really just an interesting guy. <laughs> Goemon is 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 like absolutely the uh you know need a need a girl to uh to like 
kill me and and uh, <laughs> wreck me guy. Um, yeah, like I, I Gomon's interesting in this too because like he, I feel like the loves like casting him as as the kind of emotionally resonant character in a in a noir plot plotline is compelling because that feels like he couldn't possibly like live up to the role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like they'd never know quite what to do with Goemon because he is like such a, a, a sometimes like he, he's almost as much of a wild card as Fuchiko, but he mm-hmm. has like a very specific purpose and he's the get out of jail free card. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because Zantatskin can cut the bars. Right. Yeah, exactly. It can cut anything. It can cut any, any useless thing. Um, but we will get to go about. I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead. I'm. I'm. I'm really trying hard to to not get too excited. Um, <laughs> so I've always said there's two kind of Jigen episodes that they 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 write in Lupin for like you know the last forty fifty years. Mm-hmm. Either Jigen has has a jilted lover suddenly come back into his life, or Jigen suddenly has to deal with uh, a, an ex mercenary he knew that is going <laughs> to suddenly kill him very hard. And sometimes <laughs> they combine those two. This this episode is kind of both. It's kind of both. So, uh, okay, I will ask you, uh, what was the emotional gut punch in this episode for you? The, the big emotional gut punch? Was there an emotional gut punch? Was there not an emotional gut punch for you? Um, I will say there was one for me. That's why I'm asking. I'll, I'll, I'll put let it all, me know. I'm, all I'm very curious. on the table. Uh, what is it for you? The, the very obvious after the fact thing where the uh, the... I keep forgetting her name because it's like Chicharron. Uh, Chicholina. 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 Um, very much like a uh, a Pokemon name. Uh, <laughs> like it was just Italian, Italian to to an extreme. Um, <laughs> but uh, Chicholina is like basically, you know, she tells Fujiko to steal Jigen's gun um, and see it through to the end. And we're we're sort of told that uh, Chicholina is like kind of suicidal. She doesn't. She doesn't want to live anymore, and, and Jigen keeps saving her. Um, she kind of loves Jigen. She also kind of uses him. It's it's a very, you know, it's a it's a it's a again like a Nora relationship. Uh, it's not it's not particularly wholesome or healthy. Um, like but, he saves her from killing herself once, and he tells her like, "You don't want to die. You just wish life was easier." And like, <laughs> fuck, dude, that that sure is right. That's yeah. Jigen Jigen was telling her the hard truth of like. You just like this is this is not what you want, but because she asked like why did you even save me? And he's like, well, because you don't want to die. Like this is that's just not what you want. Um, I guess that's another function of Jigen's character is he's kind of the I, I, the straight man tells it how it is kind of guy. Totally, no, 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 absolutely. Like I think it, it's probably why he was not always a sometimes character, and Goemon was where like because you need a straight man for for Lupin. You can't have like. Lupin by himself is is just like goofy, and and that's fine. But it's not like it's not enough to have like a recurring sort of serialized bit of action, right? Like it, yeah, you, have you to, need to have a bit of like weight to Lupin doing whatever Lupin does. Like if it's just Lupin solos, then they have to bring Zenigata down from like bumbling to effective. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's it's sort of like it's sort of like if you ever watched the. Uh, uh, the Magnum, the original Magnum PI, all of Magnum's friends are basically that for him. Where like you need you you need you need Magnum's friends in order to uh, in order to ensure that Magnum is not just being a weirdo in a Corvette with a with a tiger's <laughs> hat. 
Um, my yeah, my emotional gut punch though is at the end where like yes, uh, the um, you know it it totally feels obvious after the fact, but the uh, you know uh, Chicholina makes him um, shoot her basically. Like it, yes. it, it's a she says like are you gonna like are you gonna you're going to like uh, shoot me or I'm going to shoot you. You don't have any choice. You're going to have to do one or the other. And, uh, and Jigen, Jigen shoots her, but she has not loaded Jigen's gun. Yeah. Uh, it's not loaded. <laughs> she, she convinced Jigen to kill her. And I was like, Oh no, Jigen. <laughs> oh That's, no. It's such a good, it's such a good knife twist. It really is. It's such a gut punch. Um, but I'll it, tell you the emotional gut punch for me was when they uh, show her grave and it, it says some shit like here lies a woman who who drowned herself in her past so much that it overwhelmed her. It's oh. a brutal thing to put on a fucking grave. I, I hope I hope my gravestone does not say like something <laughs> extremely poetic about my like preoccupations. That would that would, <laughs> that would hurt a little bit. <laughs> like here, here lies someone who just could never get started on stuff and probably wasted a lot of time. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Uh, Rip in peace. You probably should have watched your cholesterol more. <laughs> I hope all those hot dogs are worth it. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's like it is a it's a very uh, not to mention Jim Jones twice in an episode, but it is a very Jim Jones's dad sort of uh, sort of uh, um, uh, gravestone, which his his being everybody is my friend. Um Hers, hers is a little less cryptic. I will, I will give her that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I liked this episode. I, I thought it was like, I don't have a lot to say about it other than it was beautiful and it was a really wonderful story. Um, it's a super solid noir thing, like yeah. you were saying. It just works. Yeah, it's 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 a lovely it's a lovely story. Um, and it it packs in the sort of like exhaustion that noir has to have, but also the you know, like I, I think, like the what is it? Isn't it like um, oh, I'm gonna forget the line, but it's like uh, I think it's when Jigen is like basically uh, Chichalina is has has died and he or has been shot, and they're talking to each other, and like he basically says it, it's either him talking to her, or Fuchiko, maybe maybe you remember, but he says something like you know like you didn't like expect that. I just didn't feel anything like everyone feels something at some point or another. Like everyone has the ability to like have an emotion. Um, and it just like, it was, it was a nice moment. Cause like, I don't know. I was thinking that about Jigen. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> I was like, he doesn't have any emotions. He's, he's just like, he's a, he's a killing machine. And the fact that at the end, it's not even like, it's not even like um, sentimental. It's just like, this is just how people are like they they have they have feelings. Um, that's the other thing in noir. I think like a lot of like neo noir misses. It's not just like a, a gritty detective. It's exhaustion, but also like earnestly felt feelings. Yeah, a very, very human element mm -hmm. to it. I wish I could remember. That was it's uh, unfortunate that I don't remember that line. I'm going to have to take better screenshots. I do remember the line of I just hate women. <laughs> Which is <laughs> that one's great. That's a good sorry, one. Sorry, pal. <laughs> I happen to be a misogynist. <laughs> it's it's a good line. It's like it's it's one that one that uh one that many people should probably uh probably use to get themselves out of trouble. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. Get, get I'm out a of jail free card. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's a 
Uh, we're, I've been. This is completely off topic, but I've been watching. Um, we, we sort of stalled out on it because uh, I mean, be, it's a dumb reason, but because the uh, my kids have been like exhausting us, and there's been a number of other exhausting things. So like, basically, we get into bed and just watch like the dumb uh, uh, procedural. My wife and I watch the like the procedural detective show that puts us to sleep and that's that's all we watch but we've been we were watching under the banner of heaven that uh that andrew garfield mormonism mystery show and uh someone wrote an article saying like this isn't very fair to the mormon church like they didn't have any like mormon showrunners or anything on it it's like seems unreasonable and i feel like saying i'm a misogynist like it's it, like please respect my decisions is a similar move. And I, I don't know if that's fair, <laughs> but that was like my immediate thought when, when she told me about that article, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can go with you here, but this is something that I'm like super committed <laughs> to. Um, any Mormons in the audience, please. I would love to hear why I'm incorrect about that. Uh, but I, any misogynist in the audience, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to use Jigen's line. <laughs> what, uh, so, so I'm not keeping you all night. Let's get to the oh, last that's one. Fine. Um, Goemon's your favorite, so uh, I will let you talk about uh, Ishikawa Goemon. Here lies Ishikawa Goemon. We get at the beginning of this episode in a very, uh, you know, I, I think Ghost of Tsushima would say Kurosawa uh, camera mode um, <laughs> moment. <laughs> so. Uh, as 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 we are probably aware, if you have a passing Lupin uh, knowledge or just knowledge of of, of Japanese mythical figures, uh, this is Goemon Ishikawa the Thirteenth. Goemon Ishikawa the First was was kind of a, a maybe folklore, maybe real kind of hero who got boiled alive. Um, but this guy is just a guy with a cool sword and uh, and a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. He's so a, right now he's he's out of, he's 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 looking for work. So what's the quickest way to get money as uh, someone who is skilled with a deadly weapon? Well, kill a guy. <laughs> what's what's an easy guy to kill? A king of a foreign country, you think? <laughs> I love I love immediately when Goemon's given this. He's like a king? I don't know. And the guy immediately is like, "Oh, don't worry. No, it's easy. It's easy. Don't worry. <laughs> it won't cause it won't cause an international incident." Which is like, "Oh, well, if that doesn't do it, then it's fine." <laughs> that's exactly what I don't want the person to say. When you were thinking, I was. Why did that come to mind? That makes me think it's absolutely going to cause an international incident. Uh, yeah, no. He he decides to kill a king of like. I guess this is just supposed to be like Monaco or something like that. Um, so you say like it's just like a gambling country, um, uh, and, and yeah, he used to he used to kill an old king. It, it ends up being a train heist episode, which I think is always fun. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Carrying on with the weird noir vibes, we of course have the train episode. Absolutely. I also think um, this isn't a weird noir, weird noir vibe, but it is a uh, it is a really funny moment uh, that when when you realize. Uh, that Fujiko in this episode is the um, the king's grandchildren's uh, basically her, their nanny, their their uh, their temporary their governess. Yeah, their governess. Uh, but also, she's just she is just Mary Poppins. <laughs> like, I was gonna say, yeah, the hills are alive with the sound of music in this episode. So good. 
<laughs> you're just like, you're just like, oh, there's Fujiko. Oh, these kids are singing a lot. And it's like, oh, Matron, what what song what saga should we sing? And it's like, oh, Fujiko just became Mary Poppins. Like she has a, she has a, a blonde bob. It's 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 very Julie Andrews. It's great. I really love that this is not afraid to be like 1968 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And like not not 19 again, like this is something I harp on a lot, but like it's not 1968 in the way that like people do 1968. Like to 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 reference a good example of it as opposed to a bad. Um Mike Allred did a uh did a 1960 I don't I don't remember what it was. It was a comic book I probably released in like the early 2000s but it was meant to like harken back to 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 comics in the 60s and it it feels like a 60s comic and i think as a result like it was probably not as successful as it could have been because it was like a little slow and a little boring and like kind right. of kind of like doofy in the way that 60s comics can be and like but it was very very committed to that and this isn't boring or anything, but it is very committed to being from the 60s, basically. Yeah, it is committed to the bit, for yeah. sure. It's not It's not like, oh, remember the 60s? It was all cool drugs and, like, oh, like, pretty pretty weird. Like, we're bringing Charles Manson. It was like, no, this is just like, this This will feel like something you could have watched in the 60s in some ways. That, that'll that crop up later, too, in some later episodes. Charles Manson? The, uh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> no, the, uh, the, the, the naturalistic uh, approach to it being the time period it is. Yeah. I mean, uh, it works out. It's not quite like a period piece or anything, but no. it, it manages to be evocative of the era in a quite accurate way. And I think the fact that it's not a period piece is to its credit. Like the, the, the thing it reminds me of in, in terms of its naturalism is like, like Italian realism um, where you like, like bicycle thieves or whatever, where like the realism is, is ultimately like a kind of boredom, uh, a chosen boredom. Not that this is yeah. boring. Like it's it's a it's a you know whatever Fujiko Mine is or is not. It's not a boring show by any means. But it is it like purposefully drab in a way we're not used to. Yeah, yeah. It, it's willing to sort of be like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to give you the kind of like bombast you're looking for here. Um, and that reminded me of that kind of approach to to realism where it's like, yeah, this is kind of what the real world's like. Sometimes it's drab. Um, sometimes like history is not particularly interesting. Um, sometimes it it it's just like people living their lives. Uh, so yeah, no, that that was something that I really appreciated about this episode for sure. So Fujiko, she she's governing these three kids, and they're the grandkids of the king. There there's a succession crisis. The, the kid's parents uh, died in a car crash, and uh, you you get the feeling that this was orchestrated by the people who hired Goemon to kill the king, who turn out to be like the the aunt and uncle of the kids, but they're not in the direct line of succession. The and aunt, the king, the poor aunt is, is like just loves everyone. <laughs> She's like, please, <laughs> please do not, uh, my husband, please do not try to uh, sneak in and become king. That's the job of like. <laughs> my my nephew and my father makes very good decisions he's like oh, all right just like let me handle this so the king is is very old you probably get the feeling that like i don't know a flu a flu could kill this man extremely yeah. easily yeah and uh and the boy is like i don't know five <laughs> he kind of looks like he kind of looks like a real version of what an old person would look like in um like any of like the older uh characters in um guilty gear like the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the various like guy who's like that guy's 75 years old and he's like a huge buff guy holding seven guns yeah. 
this guy's that guy, but he has a big beard, and that's about it. But the 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 youngest boy who is to become the king, um, he 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 really likes samurai. The 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 king is, I guess, he's like hosting a traveling museum or something with a bunch of art pieces. And one of the pieces of art is just um, a portrait of uh, Ishikawa Goemon the first. And the kid just takes a liking to that. And he just like modifies the dumb Mary Poppins song they're singing to be about his samurai friend. <laughs> samurai Freund. <laughs> yeah, samurai Freund. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's great seeing in the in the subtitles when Goemon is, doesn't know what Freund is. So he goes, ah, so Freund means friend. And obviously like. <laughs> If I was Japanese, that wouldn't, that, you know, that that cognate yeah. doesn't line up. But it's very funny to see Freud means friend. It's like, oh, go about it. It feels very Goemon to be like, ah, oh, friend, Freud, I see. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I love him. But yeah, so so he he boards the train with the goal of of killing the king, and he kind of like blends in with I guess like circus guys who are also on the train, and like for some reason are like still just like in full circus mode. Hey, like the clown is still a clown. <laughs> it feels yeah, it feels like um, I mean speaking of like a uh, of um of uh, Miyazaki film, like it feels like a Miyazaki film in that way where you just like you get in a train and oh what's there? It's like. Wow, all these people are are, uh, are are dressed in like fun regalia. There's no good explanation as to why. It's just a visual feast. Everything's fun and it's Europe. <laughs> Normally two incompatible things, but this time we'll make an exception. <laughs> all Miyazaki films ask the impossible question, what if Europe was fun? <laughs> a bold move, but you know what? It, it, it all comes down to execution. <laughs> Which is Goemon's goal with the king, so we'll see how that goes. So he gets a chance to do it, but he does. He, he decides not to because the kid is like right there, and he's like, "No, I will not kill you in front of your grandchild because I have honor." Yeah, pretty pretty cool of him. I Goemon's a bad assassin. Is 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 the thing like <laughs> he's too good of a person to be a good killer? Yeah, Goemon just like is is too committed to like having honor and stuff and when he's like he's been asked to just kill this guy for no reason he's like well it's, it's honorable to to give him a noble death like i don't know if people would agree with you go <laughs> i think they'd, they'd probably be good with you killing him however they wanted um but in in trying to kill the king uh, he finds out that his employers do not have much faith in him because they uh they have instead um Put that shit off the rails. Yep, they hired. They, so, they kill the engineer. Yeah, they. And I, I liked, I liked that because the. So one of the things we haven't really talked about is is um, a woman called Fujiko Hime Hime um, or Mine, not Hime. Um, I always do that. I was so proud of myself for not doing <laughs> it. Um, but a, a woman called Fujiko Mine like uh, is very focused on who does and does not kill. Um, and like, yeah, because in that first episode where like Lupin and Fujiko are trying to escape the cult, they they end up having like two guards like beheaded, <laughs> and um like they because they, they switch places with them. Yeah, and uh, Lupin's like, oh, so you're willing to kill, are you? And she's like, only when absolutely necessary. Because <laughs> but like hers she's is still real, got a guy fucking beheaded. Yeah, and Lupin's was like Lupin's was a, was a straw like a scarecrow. Yeah, he didn't kill the guy. He, he had a 
He had like the the ninja log dummy, basically. He made, he made him. He had. He even made him a loop on Scarecrow. I feel like. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Th- like. But then Jigen kills without without um, any sort of restriction. And <laughs> he kills like twelve guys in that episode. It's, it's really awesome. good. I like when Jigen takes the fall for for um, for the murder of the mob boss from. Uh, from his wife and like, cause she accident. we didn't say this, but uh, she accidentally shoots her husband. And that's why Jigen is, uh, you know, said to uh, have on killed the opposite yes, side. on the opposite yeah. side. He's, he's away from her and, and, and his family. Um, and he immediately is like, he's like, uh, I'll take the fall for this. Don't say that you did it. And he goes out and immediately all of his former friends are like the traitors here. He just opens fire. on them. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, yeah. So like the, the shows and, really concerned with this and Goman's an interesting character this way because he is hired as a killer and doesn't kill anyone at all. He he immediately goes like, well, since they're trying to kill everyone on board, I have no reason to kill you anymore, King. So uh, <laughs> let's try and, and, and fix this whole train situation. <laughs> I, I bet I can help. And the King to his credit just says like, all right, let's, let's hear what this guy has to say. Yeah, and then his guards go off the rails and just like, fuck this, I'm firing the gun, which of course gets Goemon to do the cool Goemon thing of slicing the bullet into as it's being fired at him. Yep. And then, of course, slicing the guy's clothes, leaving him only in his uh, uh, ghouls and ghosts uh, underwear. <laughs> no, it is. It's true. He uh, he absolutely is like a um, he's a machine at, at getting people's clothes into tiny, tiny bits. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, I really liked I liked the the switch between um oh you know like this guy's helping um this this uh he's trying to kill this kid's grandfather um and you know it's it's sad because the kid like loves he develops loves a kind samurai. of a relationship with the kid right and he thinks the kid's really cool and like a nice kid but you know he still has to kill his grandfather it's like okay it's going to be that kind of episode and then, then it immediately switches into oh no 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 it's the episode is going to be uh, uh goman no longer has to do that and he is turning on his former employers <laughs> yes all right great i'm i'm absolutely here for the second act and he's also really just immediately smitten with uh with with Fujiko under the guise of the the governess Maria. The first the first person and the only person so far to use the G word with Fujiko that she could be at the end of the episode he says she could be a real girlfriend if she girlfriend. <laughs> it's very good. I love it so much. I, I could be a real what and it just she runs away. Girlfriend. oh jigen or not jigen goemon so pure um i love him he's so much he's he's fantastic uh so yeah i I love i love when they stop the train and um (laughs) and you know every everyone's mostly fine or whatever everyone's saved and like goemon's like well i must go now my planet needs me and then the king's like no please say something to marco he loves you he he no Going on, just leaves. And like as he's leaving, in the he's in the tunnel, and you can see he's just like, I wish I could have said something to Marco. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool, but you know, it's probably cooler that I didn't. <laughs> it probably was sweet that I went away on my own. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think like um, there's other. Oh, so so I guess the other thing to talk about in this episode is how um. Goemon talks to Fujiko once she reveals her deal. Uh, Because that's kind of interesting. 
I think, yeah, I like their dynamic in this because I mean, in general, it's really rare. I feel like for for Fujiko and Goemon to have any one on one time. I feel like it's rare for Fujiko and Jigen to have any one on one time. Is uh, it that... is rare, but it's it's slightly less rare. Okay. I think because sometimes they play off the whole oh Jigen really hates women, so of course oh. he's going to have to be teamed up with Fujiko this time. Oh, know, okay, thing. got it. Not terribly often, mind you, but um, <laughs> you can I, only you know, go back to that well so many times. Exactly. Yeah, but but Goemon and Fujiko is, is an unusual combination. And I, I remember once they used it as a joke in part two, where they they just like, what what are Goemon and Fujiko up to? And like they, they haven't been in the episode at all, and just cut. It's almost like a Family Guy gag where they just cut to Goemon and Fujiko like surfboarding, on it, <laughs> catching a wave, and then that's about it. That's really good. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is like a really earnest sort of like approach to to like their relationship and that like okay they they like legitimately care about each other and goemon legitimately sort of like wants to be around and even be with fujiko uh yeah he he really likes her like he 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 respects her um i don't know her 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 goodness with kids i guess and then they have that little moment where um He's trying to like clean clean his his ghee or whatever that got stained with the ice cream from the kid, and they're just they're just sitting there talking about like they're both they both have like nowhere to go because he's you know basically a Ronin. Yeah, and she's and like she's it, being weirdly honest about like well I'm I'm just doing a temp job here, buddy, which really means I'm here to steal a thing and move on. But also to him, it means I'm just here to to, to be a governess for a few weeks. I really liked I liked that uh I liked that uh she asks him for some reason uh is it is it fairly common for uh for, for there to be a bunch of samurais in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, no. <laughs> like it's it, it reminds me of the very first episode Goemon's in in the original anime where um legitimately he, he is he does have Fujiko as his girlfriend which I guess is it's kind oh. of a call forward that he says that interesting um, uh cuz he he he's just he's doing this bit where he's like you know um uh, I, I am I am Goemon Ishikawa I I will challenge you and then like Lupin's kind of doing like an interview cuz Lupin's doing a grift and he's like, so is it common for, for samurai to uh, still exist? And he's like, um, it is not. But however, I am the sane one. All the other Japanese are insane for still not having katanas and bushido. Actually, <laughs> I'm the normal one. <laughs> it's really good. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, 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 um, I kind of, I guess I kind of admire the fact that they, they do like earnest Ernest Goemon here because he he feels like he could be like very very easily not earnest at all like you could just play him as a joke and it would be fine and in many many times he is played as a joke um, but yeah it, it just it works it's it's really fun um, and and the bit effect- the bit where I mean we talked about it earlier but like where he encounters her because she ends up uh, she couldn't get the 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 art paintings that were like in the in the train car so she settles for like the king's Wrestlemania belt yeah yeah and she but she says to him like oh this was my plan all along to get this Wrestlemania belt <laughs> 
so then he like you know he, he does the whole like okay who are you really what are you doing and then he cuts her clothes to ribbons and but this time she's not wearing you know <laughs> uh king Ar- uh, arthur ghost and goblins uh underwear she's just wearing the belt and nothing else and he's just staring her over Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and like very, very Fujiko in that she is just like entirely uninterested in, or entirely unfazed by the fact that she is at this point naked. Yeah, she she holds the gun at him while while she is being cut up, and she just does not move an inch. Yeah, and the the funny thing is like visually, you're like, oh, he's gonna cut the gun, and, of, and then it's like, no, of course he just cuts the clothes. The gun's still intact. <laughs> And then she she moves right in on him, and of course the camera like focuses on her her boob and nipple pressing right into his chest. <laughs> the, the camera focuses on what Goemon is now focusing on. Uh, yeah, she gives him a little smooch, and then she <laughs> runs away. I think like yeah, there are two funny things about that. One, well, I guess one is not funny, but like kind of uh, telling um, is like the um, the fact that. Uh, um, he doesn't say I've cut in an, an insubstantial thing after she, he cuts her clothes. Like that's like the one time he doesn't say that. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. You're totally right. And the other thing is uh, very, this is something you did notice. Cause it's very funny is, uh, is uh, that he's instantly caught after she does the yeah. kiss. He's just like, he says that when he say girlfriend, the, uh, the, the light kind of like hits him instantly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she she kind of makes him the fall guy for it, right. basically. But again, very Fujiko in that, like, it's all about the theft and it isn't about, like, you know, she gave him the kiss and, and it was, like, you know, a rivalry that isn't uh, necessarily, um, I don't know, like, it's not mean. It's not a mean rivalry. Yeah, I was going to say not mean-spirited. Yeah. Um, no, I think there's, like, there's a wonderful consistency in in these first three episodes. I'm very interested to see... Because I had forgotten, actually, after after this episode, after these episodes, I forgot that the uh, forgot that there was that thing where it was like, yeah, you know, um, here's me who always paints your dark skies. I'm very interested to see where that goes. It, it it's it's an interesting stuff. Uh, I really like um, just where the show goes. We've got a great couple sets of episodes. Coming Super up, excited. Sure. Um, I do want to say. Uh, she is uh, Fujiko is voiced by a wonderful uh, voice actor. I wanted to draw um, some uh, I wanted to draw attention to her because uh, I really liked it. And she's done a million things and I don't even know what to focus on because I don't know enough about anime. Uh, and looking at her any list just gives me <laughs> anxiety because there's too much. Uh, but Miyuki Sawashiro um, is fantastic. One of my just fantastic. Uh, oh, that's why Is I know it? her. She plays. Yeah. Okay. She plays uh, Raiden May in my favorite gotcha game. Uh, so good news. She's, <laughs> there you go. she's in. She's in Honkai Impact, my favorite game about uh, women who love each other, but have to kill monsters. Um, and so unfortunately can never be together. Um no. Would you guess this is only about her like third or maybe fourth time as Fujiko? Really? Yeah, this is one of the first things she did. There was like a, a Lupin voice actor turnover in like uh, I, 2010, I think. And um, uh, Fujiko and Goemon and Zunigata all got new voice actors for the first time uh, almost since Inception. Wow. Uh, she's, she's fantastic. I really like her. 
She's one of my favorite voice actresses out there, probably entirely because I first heard her as Fujiko and went, wow, this is like perfect casting. <laughs> it really is. Like it, it is fantastic casting. And she just, she, I don't know, like the way she, the way she does her voices or the way she does her acting is just like, it's a very kind of like committed, almost stage uh, play acting where like, she is constantly giving emotions to the character that you can almost hear. Like it's like how you can hear a smile kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's got like the, the, the inflections that she gives Fujiko are all very like big, very, um, I don't know. You, you can see them from the back in the, in the, in the theater. Yeah, basically. exactly. And like, and while not yelling at the same point. So it's, it's kind of the perfect part of everything. So yeah, no, I, I'm I'm super excited. I'm I'm really enjoying it. And thank you for being here with me on this. Um I'm excited to to learn more. Absolutely. I mean, this is one of my my all-time favorite anime. I was beyond thrilled to uh to come here and and talk about it, as I will be for, for future episodes. Yes, yes, absolutely. You you're 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 locked in now because no one wants me to do this on my own. That would be be a real problem. Uh people would be like, why is he why does he just talking constantly about uh Commedia del Arte? Who was in this? Like, is this an anime? Like, I don't um <laughs> But, yeah, Commedia del Arte aired uh, one season after El Cazador de la Bruja. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's right between Noin and uh, Gunslinger Girl. It's a really good time. Yeah, it's great. Like it's a, it's a, it's an important show. Uh, but yeah, I um, yeah, I really liked it. Um, oh, right. Uh, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Where can we find you? I am on Twitter at Space Queen Emily. You can see me probably talk about a uh, hundred anime all at once. I've I feel like I've been watching a, a bunch of stuff lately, and it's all been really good so far. Okay, great. Yeah, Space Queen Emily, wonderful follow. You'll get to see some really good on the spot analysis uh, of this stuff too. I think you, you you do the best with that with the with the screenshots. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Of course. All right. Well, I will see you next week for the next three episodes. And I'll see all of you as well. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.